Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Uh, this week, I, a West Bromwich Albion fan, am joined as ever by a Wolves fan. Um, but we're also joined by another Midlands football fan, uh, JB. I'll let you introduce our Midlands football friend. Yeah, of course. Uh, really good to have him on, actually. So when the fixtures were released this uh, early on in the season, me and Keith sat together and sort of had a, had a look through when certain games fell. And uh, with it being, sorry, I'm about to say Stoke then, with it being Albion Stoke uh, on Friday night, which seems to be a cracking game, um, I was really keen to get this boy on. We're good friends, known each other a little bit now. We uh, train together occasionally, see each other in the gym. Uh, and to be honest with you, the more important thing is he's an avid listener of the pod, which is really humbling, to be fair. <laughs> he doesn't support Wolves or Albion. So uh, welcome to uh, Liam. Liam Mullen, my man. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Hi both, yeah, I'm great, thank you. Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, just looking forward to Friday now. Yeah, <laughs> don't well, blame you. I'm looking forward to Friday as well, Liam. Um, Liam, it's great to have you on. Firstly, thanks for listening. Um, we, it's strangely, we we seem to appeal to this niche of of fans that support neither West Brom or Wolves, and I love that. Um, not to discriminate against our Albion and Wolves listeners, but they're they're my favourite listeners, the the neutrals who just come for the cutting edge banter um <laughs> so Liam, thank you um today we will get into albion stoke uh, we will discuss uh stoke season so far which is why we've got liam on but before we jump into our normal pod routines uh, the first one that we do jb is a bit of trivia i believe you have some trivia for liam and i i do yes i've got a i've got, got two questions today the first one is just a, a little one for you and uh, liam to get your teeth into Obviously, it's West Brom Stoke themed. So I'll read it out, see what you think. So West Brom have won four out of the last five league meetings between themselves and Stoke. But what was the score last time they met? Okay. If you I can... know this. And I... if... Go on. Go on. I was going to say, I can get bonus points, you know, the month or the year or which stage it was at. Um, that'd be cool. But yeah, what was the score the last time you met? Stoke won... Um... It was the season we went up under Billich. Um, I want to say 1-0 Stoke. Liam, do you know? Yeah, I, I believe it was 1-0 Stoke. Who scored? Oh, oh, was I it, can't um, remember who scored. All I remember is it was the best game Tom Leeds has ever played for us, I think. Um, Tyrese do, you know, do you know what? I'm going I'm to let you think on that one because I've asked you who scored oh. and I actually can't remember. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I actually can't remember who it was, so bear with me one um, second while you two get your thinking caps on. Yeah, I don't Do you know. remember. I know it wasn't Cider Berahino, uh, the Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was November or February, and it was 1 0. That's very, I know that's very, very straight to the point, yeah. but it's November or February. It was 1 0. Um, I'm pretty sure we're at home as well. Yeah, we won. We won the other game that season, um, and Romain Sawyer's, funnily enough, uh, dropped a bit of a masterclass. I remember him playing so very, very well. It was it was in January twenty twenty. Ah, yeah. In the middle, January twenty twenty. So it was just before unfortunately COVID struck. It was one nil. Uh, it was at the Hawthorns. One of you, I think, one of you have just said. I think one of you just said the answer actually. Said to, Tyrese to Campbell, but... Yeah, got it, mate. Torres Campbell. Yeah. That's the one. Doris, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was it. So just a little one there, boys, for you. Get, get, no, I love that. Get, 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 get your teeth into it. Oh, get, so get the, the juices flowing. Yeah, get your juices flowing. The juice. So the proper one this, this week is, which seven Brazilians have scored over 20 Premier League goals? 
What a great question. So seven Brazilians have scored over 20 Premier League goals. Okay. Who are so they? I've got I've got to ask this first. Is yep. Diego Costa classed as Brazilian in this list? No, he's not. Okay. He's right. not. Okay. Because I think okay. he got quite a lot of Premier League goals while he was still a Brazilian citizen. Yeah. And then he's changed. <laughs> he transferred over. He's not in my yeah. list. No. Okay. Um, first one that comes to mind for me, Liam, would be um, Edu, maybe? Is Edu a... No. Is Edu even Brazilian? Is he French? Is he not? Is he in Arsenal, but Edu? Yeah. Where's Edu from? No. He, oh, he's Brazilian, from? but he did oh, he is Brazilian. 20 goals. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, right. Oh, Coutinho. Yep. One. He's third in the list on 41 goals. Right. This is quite tough. Coutinho. I was going to say, oh, I've got a few, but I'm going to let you take the limelight for now and then I'll try and pick Okay. Uh, well, Firmino <laughs> okay. is definitely in there. Yeah. Oh, Firmino. Yeah, he's top 67 goals, okay. Firmino. That's not a lot, is it? So really? you've got, so you got one and three there in the list. So Coutinho... Yeah, third. Liam, do you want to jump in? Uh, yeah, so I got, um, I've got, well, William. Yeah, he's yeah, fourth sure. in the list, thirty-eight goals. Um, and then an obscure one I had was Joe from Everton, and Ooh. I think it was Man City. No, do you know what? No, he's not. He's got to be close, but no, Ooh. it's a great shout, but he's he, not. He couldn't hit a barn door for a while, could he? Though. Yeah, no. and then he okay. took off. You're, about, you're missing out. You go on. I was going to say, what about Elano when he was at City? No, you, you, you're, you're, you're overthinking it a little bit. Okay, you're overthinking okay. it. We're missing an, an, an obvious You're missing a real obvious one. Like, oh. literally, I think it's scored. Go on. Lucas Moura. No. Nah, he, he never scored, did he? We're I missing think, I think an the, obvious one. Yeah, I think he scored last week or the week before. Oh, oh, oh I know. Here's your clue. Um, Man that, City. Oh, Oh, hang on. I've got a couple then. So, Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, that's number two. 52. Uh, Ru- he's got 52 goals. Richarlison. Yeah, he's number four on your list. You've got one. You've got the top. No, hang on. You've got four now, haven't you? We've no. got William as well. So, we've got five, I think. Oh, did you say William? Yeah, did he say William. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, okay. you got the top five. So, William's fifth in the list on 38 goals. Richarlison's 39. Coutinho, 41. Gabriel Jesus, 52. Firmino, 57. You've got number six and seven. These are the tough ones. You've got the you've got the easy okay. ones. These are the tough ones. Okay. Um, Liam, neither of them. Doing a little clue just to think on it, and then then you can move on and come back. Yeah, or... go on. We'll come back to you later. Give us a little. Okay. Clue. Neither of them playing the prem anymore. Okay. Um, and the one I'll give you. Oh, no, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Right. Okay. Unless you've got anything to add, Liam? I'm happy to come back to this later. Yeah, I've got um, Julio Baptiste and that or Gilberto Silva. They were the only two I'd write down. Good, good shout, but neither hit 20 goals. Oh, um, Janino? Yes. Yeah. Number six. So you've got num- one to go. One to go. He's no longer in the Prem. I don't... He may still be... I think he might still be playing. I think. I'm, actually, I'll put it... I'm, I'm pretty certain he is, but don't hold me to that. But he's definitely not in the Prem. Um Definitely not in the Prem, but may still be playing. He should be playing, actually thinking about it. I don't think he's that old. Is but, it uh, Rubinho? Yeah. No, good shout. Oh, what a great... Shout. How did Rubinho and you, uh, get 20 goals? 20, not according to my sources. I hope no, 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 no. I believe I, I it. This is correct. He was so lazy, wasn't he? He was just... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get oh. this last one now, Liam, unless you are. No, we'll, uh, we'll come back all to I'll that. Say it's, all I'll say is it's not, it's not obscure. You'll have both heard of him. Okay. You'll have both watched him. You'd have probably both watched him live, 
because okay. of when you watched Albion and Stoke in the Prem. There's your last tip. Hint. Right, okay. You'd um, have probably uh, both watched him live, I'm guessing. So I'm going to have to come back to this because I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, cool, cool. Okay, cool, if cool. you are at home and you do happen to know who this last elusive Brazilian is, um, or if you... I was going to say, if you paused and played along, but if you're this podcast, you definitely know six of the answers already. But let us know on social media, um, as Liam himself did a few weeks ago. Liam uh, confidently tweeted JB, telling him uh, he was missing some absolute obvious uh, blinders for one of our trivia questions, and proceeded to tweet two of the incorrect answers, which really did put a smile on my face. Yeah, we really do love that follower engagement. It keeps us going uh, in the hard weeks um, when we are thinking, do we really have to record the podcast? But yeah, get in touch if you are playing along with the trivia at home. Let us know how many you got. Okay, JB, um, a lot of this podcast will be Albion and Stoke, naturally. Um, of course. But Wolves this week, picked up their second win of the Premier League season. Uh, talk me through it. How did it go down? Um, first of all, really good three points, to be honest with you. I think um, it was one of those games where, I mean, Southampton obviously are winless, but they picked up a couple of decent draws in, in the previous weeks. Um, so it was one of those games where we had to sort of really dig in. I mean, I fancied us, I think, predicted the win on the pod. I think I said two, and I think on the pod last week, which is probably a little bit adventurous, but We've got a good record against Southampton in recent years, so I was fairly confident. But listen, it wasn't our greatest performance. The first off, particularly, we were quite poor, to be honest. Um, Jose Sarr, again, proved his worth. He's come in and been absolutely magnificent. What a keeper he's proving to be. He made some really, really good saves. We looked a little bit a little bit toothless, to be honest. We did a very sloppy first off. But second off, we came out a little bit better. Um, looked a bit sharper, tightened things up. And obviously, Jimenez... Got the goal, really, really good goal for everyone that had seen it. Obviously, Jose Sars arrowed it, got his got, got an assist, um, and sort of Jimenez has got in front of the defender, cut inside, sold them a couple of hot dogs and, and tucked it in the bottom corner. <laughs> and then from then on, to be honest, we were really comfortable, to be honest. Salampton that showed flashes and Jose saw had to be quick off his line a couple of times. Um, but I think I mean Jimenez had a chance. I mean, he, Jimenez he was literally one on one in the last couple of minutes, and he just dillied and dally could have squared it to Trey and that would have been two-nil and that would have been my first prediction correct for about 38 years. Um, but yeah. you know what I mean? It, it, you know, it, it, either way, it was, it was a good three points. Some of them kind of grafting, not particularly pretty or easy on the eye to watch three points, but also it was a three points that matters. And that gives us a bit of a springboard to go into what I think is a really winnable game at the weekend. Um, but yeah, like I said, but for me, it was all about Jimenez coming back and, and, and looking completely, complete. But there's a couple of shout outs, actually. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Jimenez in the minute, I just want to give a couple of shout outs. Jose Saw again was outstanding. You know, I think no one really knew what Jose Saw was going to be like coming in because you've had four fantastic years of Rui Patricio. Um, but the decision has been completely vindicated. This keeper is fantastic. He's quick off his line. He's a great shot stopper. Brilliant with his feet. Different stratosphere to do Rui Patricio with his feet. Uh, and to think that we, we made a five million profit on Patricio and got Jose Saw in. Um, or four or five who million. Is considerably younger than Patricio as well. Absolutely. And, and to be fair, I didn't know much about him. I had to go on. Obviously, I follow a lot of Portuguese journalists on Twitter, naturally. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously, I had to go and take their word. And they were all very complimentary about him and said, Portugal, I've got a great in depth sort of pool of goalkeepers. And I was there, so I was looking not to be the Portuguese number one. Um, and he's been proven right. He's been fantastic. And second shout out quickly, because obviously I'm pretty vocal and can give him pals on, on, on this on this pod, is Connor Cody was was outstanding. Absolutely unbelievable. By far his best game I've seen in a Wolves shirt for a long, long time. 
he was immense, absolutely immense. Probably helped the fact that he wasn't coming up against the six foot four bully boy strike, which we know he struggles against. But ultimately, he still was fantastic. His distribution was great. He made some some vital blocks. He led from the front, um, from the back. Sorry, he led from the back here, and you know, and he was just yeah, he, he, he was fantastic. Best game I've seen Cody for a long, long time. But ultimately, as I said, it's all about him. And as the goal was fantastic, he looked a different animal to the way he looked the last few weeks, and he's really, really pleasing to see. Yeah, I think, um, Liam, I, I want to get your view on this. As a neutral, um, oh, I never really honestly call myself a neutral on Wolves, but um, as someone who is not a Wolves fan uh, and maybe actively dislikes Wolves, I still can't <laughs> I still can't not be happy for Jimenez. Liam, I don't know about you as a neutral. It's just a lovely story in it that he's come back and he's got his goal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was actually one of those people that questioned, you know, maybe resting him for a bit because he was brought back too soon. Uh, I saw, I think it was 301 days since he got his head injury and I think it was 320 odd days since he last scored. Um, and yeah, it's one of those where I'll play it for myself and it's one of those where there's no better feeling than scoring a goal. Uh, but as a fan, seeing a player come back from, from such a horrific injury where I personally didn't think he was going to come back and play again. Uh, to see him do what he did on the weekend and the, in the manner in which he scored it as well. Um, it was really nice to see from it as a neutral. Yeah, 100%. I think what, what defines Jimenez as a, as a really good striker isn't his finishing, which at times is quite wasteful. What has always defined him is his ability to move the ball um, very, very well, very proficiently, get others involved and also dribble very well. Um, I don't want to use... In fact, no, I am going to lean into the cliche here. He's got great feet for a big man. Um, and I'm happy saying that. Uh, I love that cliche. Uh, but he's got great feet for a big man. And it was lovely to see him take the ball down, brush the striker off, beat two, and then beat the keeper as well. I thought it was a really, really nice moment for someone who's had a really tough, um, as you said, um, just under a year there, 301 days or whatever it was. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, it's quite a nice story. JB, how, how does it feel from a Wolves fan's point of view? Is it a relief? Is it emotional? Is it, you know, how, how do you feel as a Wolves fan seeing your talisman get back among the goals? Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't go as far to say as, as emotion. I mean, I think seeing him back in a Wolves kit for the first time, that was a little bit like, yeah. oh, bloody hell, he's back, you know what I mean? Like, that was a really amazing moment. Um, I'll be honest with you, probably being a typical Wolves fan, I think the frustration set in the last couple of weeks because he hadn't looked himself. We were struggling ourselves as a team and, and I listen, I put my neck on the line on this pod. It goes out to uh, millions and millions of, 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 of fans and, and, and followers who listen in Norway, um, particularly Oslo. Um, and, you know, and I, I said, I, it just doesn't look himself. You know, he's getting starts, he's getting minutes. And actually, could we have better options and maybe look at tweaking things? But ultimately, Bruno made the call, stuck with him, and he absolutely played off because he, he was fabulous. He looked back to himself. He was winning headers. He's, he sounds silly, but his headers that he was winning but actually in the direction he wanted them to go this week. Whether or not he's done a lot of work with the headband, they've tweaked the headband, I'm not sure, but something I just... I don't know, yeah. I don't know. It's he looks something frustrated just looked... with it in the Brentford game. He actually took well, it off. He, he, took, game, it, he took it off. Yeah. And played, I think he played the last 10 minutes with it um, off, which yeah. I'm guessing he got a bit of a bollocking for that. But whether they've done some work with it, adjusted it, or literally focused on it, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. But he just looked a different animal on Sunday, and it was really, really good to see. Um, and as SO rightly texted me, and said, Jackie boy, you can put to bed now. That's sort of, you know, resting Jimenez, the boy's back. And yeah, um, he is. And he, and he looked great. And he, and he got another 9 to his belt. Again, 
sounds silly not, not to focus on it too much because he got the win, great goal. But when he had that chance in the final few minutes, when he's got in on goal, he either needs to slide it under the keeper or literally square it to a dime in, in the six-yard box or tap in. And he's been a bit silly, dilly-dallying, trying to do all little step-overs, things like that. I want him to be a little bit more clinical with those and make the right choice because there were still a few minutes left on the clock. But that's, they always, could have got... that's always been him in it, hasn't it? Been, like, it, it, has, yeah. it? It has. And I was hoping that, yeah. That, and that's always been one of my frustrations when he, you know, when he yeah. tries to rebound and when he can just cross it with his left foot or, do yeah. you know what I mean? And that, But listen, you know, ultimately he wins us far more points than he loses us and things like that. So I'm not being too critical. I'm just saying it was lovely seeing him back. And I think if he could just eke out those little things that sometimes he's had a tendency to do, then it, we, you know we, we've got that we've got our boy back. So yeah, listen, happy days. Six points on the board. You look at that prem table now. If we beat Newcastle on Saturday, that suddenly puts us in the same sort of like um, you know that sort of puts in the same sort of like area. If, if you know depending on how teams like Villa and Spurs, well Villa and Spurs are playing each other actually, aren't they? You know if if they draw something, we're suddenly within a couple of points of Villa and Spurs. And yeah, it, it's amazing what one win can do, but. That's not me jumping the gun. We've got to, we've got to face a tough Newcastle outfit on Saturday. But uh, yeah, listen, I'm happy. Two wins on the board, um, six points, and it just relieved that little bit of pressure in the last few weeks because, particularly after the Brentford game, um, I was a little bit, a little bit worried. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's put put my worries at bay a little bit for the time being, anyway. Yeah, I think you're probably in the majority there for Wolves fans. It just allayed a few of those fears. Nice to see Wolves um, get some points in a game. They probably deserve to get the points in, um, which hasn't been the case this season. Um, one last quick word on this. JB, as a six foot four striker, have you ever been told you have uh, good feet for a big man? Actually, at training last week, actually, I was training. and okay. uh, Yeah, yeah. A little, a little, little ball into my feet, turn the defender. And then, uh, do you know, I'd green, Liam. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. And he, he, he gave me the little, oh, you know, I saw, I saw the defender the wrong way. He goes, that was good feed, that was. So, yeah, I'm not bad with my feet. I'm, I'm, I'm not, unbelievable. I'm not great in the air for a big man, even though I scored ahead of the other week. <laughs> it's amazing, really. It's funny because I've always, I've been six foot four since I was like 13, 14. I've yeah. never really been taught how to head a ball. It's just assume you know how to head a ball as a big man. So, yeah. I've, I've, I've first have the ball into feet than in the air. So, yeah, I'm all right. Mm. So there you have it. From <laughs> from a big man with good feet. Good feet for a big man is alive and well. Um, Liam, uh, I have no idea how tall you are um, or how good your feet are. Have you ever been told that you have good feet for a big man? Uh, I'll be honest. The term big man doesn't normally come when I'm playing football. I'm five <laughs> foot ten. I'd make the argument. Um, so I've never been uh, never been blessed with the the statement yeah. of good feet for a big man. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. Really, I like to wear. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those the the bright boots and the uh, oh, the, yeah. the the tapping the tapping merchant. Oh. Really, JB is literally my ideal strike partner. <laughs> we need we need to, we need to get we need to, we need we need to get on before we retire, mate. We need to get on before Put some I hard yards in while you tap it in with the. <laughs> with the exactly <laughs> okay we'll say good good feet for a medium man and we'll move on on that note um so uh over to the other half of the black country um a lot's changed for albion in the last week uh, last time we spoke um there was a lot of unrest um among the albion fan base which i wasn't happy with and i voiced that last week um all of a sudden from 1-0 down after 40 seconds against QPR, we have scored six goals without reply and we are, uh, at the time of recording, top of the po- top of the podcast, top of the pops apparently, we are top of the championship, I should say, uh, whereas 
a week ago, people were a little bit skeptical as to whether Ishmael had really gotten his message across. What was the standard of football good enough? And I think the the message is a resounding yes. He has got his message across. The football is good enough. We've scored some lovely goals in the last two games. The Carlin Grant winner against QPR really puts to bed any of the accusations that an Ishmael team doesn't move the ball well. Um, some really nice, intricate first-time passing. Um, let's Carlin Grant through on the overload uh, and finish as well. It's nice to see him with some confidence as well. And then last night, Alex Mowat scored, as Alex Mowat tends to score, an absolute worldie. That one will be nominated for goal of the season, without a doubt. Although Alex Mowat could probably have his own goal of the season compilation with oh. the goals he tends to knock in. Um, and then 4-0, convincing. Mick McCarthy might lose his job again at the hands of Albion, which would be uh, a lovely bit of cruel irony. Uh, that's the first time he's actually hosted Albion since 2012, the famous 2012 hosting of Albion. Um, four goal margin once again at the hands of West Bromwich Albion. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Mick McCarthy is skating on very thin ice um, in Car at Cardiff now. Um, but... Yeah, Colin Grant on the score sheet again against Cardiff. Very, very, very promising to have a player who scores goals at this level, scoring goals at this level. Um, then Colin Grant got the hook and Callum Robinson got the hook. On came Dean Garner, on came Matty Phillips, who combined for the fourth goal, which again really vindicates um, Valerian Ishmael, who's had to rotate his squad to just keep legs fresh. Um, and he's done it very, very well. I feel like a lot of the things that Albion fans would have wanted and a lot of things I wanted personally a week ago have um, now come to fruition and I think being nine games in unbeaten four, uh, five wins four draws is excellent uh, I think we are in position A1 we couldn't really ask for much more than this and six wins, four draws, I should say, and it's 10 games, isn't it? Yeah, 10 games was the Cardiff game. Uh, so in this position, I don't think anyone can really be complaining. Uh, it would be nice to get the view of a fan of a promotion rival very quickly, Liam. Liam, as a fan of another team who are sitting in the top six, how do you rate Albion this season so far? Um, yeah, well, the table speaks for itself. Um, like you said, you know, you're top of the pile at the moment. Um, you've you you went on a bit of a run where you weren't losing games, but you were you were still uh, you were probably seen as dropping points. Uh, I think you drew a couple of games in a row, so big, it was a big result for you um, on last weekend, and then again uh, last night. Um, obviously, going into the game now on Friday puts you in a, in in pole position a little. Um, I think at the start of the season, I had yourselves and Fulham as the two teams to watch out for. Mm -hmm. uh, for those top two spots, um, especially after we played Fulham as well earlier on in the season and, and got the pasting that we did um, at the cottage, and that kind of solidified that. But, uh, but yeah, I think I think it's one of those where you know you get a good start, it's yours to lose as well, especially with the, the squad that you've got and the manager as well in place. Um, he did a fantastic job last season um, at Barnsley. Um, obviously, he's brought Moat with him, and and they've just carried on and carried on. So uh, yeah, I think I think you'll be a good watch this season. Yeah, I think so too. Um, JB, other than uh, Alex Moat's worldy, um, because I feel like it doesn't translate well to podcast form. Uh, what have you made of Albion last two games? Um, Superb. 
Superb. You know, this is the thing. Listen, we, we spoke this time last week and, and there was a couple of questions being asked. It was a big game against QPR. I, I, I thought you'd win against QPR. Again, I think I think, I think think most of us on the pod, um, I, I think that we predicted on the pod last week, didn't we? I think we, we both predicted. Um, I'm not sure you win. did. I can't remember. I can't QPR, remember. No, I definitely did. I definitely yeah. did. It's a big game with the lights. I think I said 2-0. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty certain I did. Um, yeah, so, uh, but, but, it, but listen, you left it late and, and but you had to dig in again. You know, but it allayed those sort of question marks. Of, 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 is there enough in the tank? Or have teams got your number? Um, listen, Cardiff is struggling this year. I think. I think prior to last night, they'd lost six six out of the, the last seven. Yeah. Um, you know, but listen, either way, it doesn't matter because to get to Cardiff is always a difficult task. It's always been the same. Because to go there and put four passes without reply, do it do it as resoundingly as you did, um, really, really sort of sets the tone. Listen. 10 games in, unbeat. I'd, I'd, I'd love to, I'm after a bit of research after this after, after this pod, maybe we can get it up on the pod next. I'd love to know when was the last time someone, it would be funny if it was last season, to be fair, I just don't remember. I wouldn't be, the last time like teams went this far into the championship being unbeaten um, because it's a, it's a decent one. I don't even know. Funnily enough. Was enough. last year? Uh, I don't know about last year, uh, but the season before we did it, we were... Oh, did you? Yeah, we were unbeaten, I think. Um, 16, 17 games at the start of the season. Oh, really? And, and God, also, I don't yeah, remember that. Ultimately, that was the reason we went up. So, yeah, as, yeah. As Liam alluded to there, it's yours to lose if you start well in the championship. You get, once you get those points on the board, they're yours. You know, look, yeah. it's yours to lose, sort of thing. And, and ultimately, to go six, sorry, 10 games, six wins, four draws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing it in the fashion that you do, you know, you, you've pasted a few sides here. You know, yeah, okay, you, you, you've had a couple of last minute winners, Peterborough, QPR. You know, a few draws in, in the mix, but you're not going to win every game. As I said last week, you're not going to blow every team away. No. The fact that you're doing it, but the fact that you're doing it on a consistent basis is 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 is, is really good form. Um, and I've just got to say, you know, once again, I had a quick glance at the table last night, sorry, this morning, and that the championship, it's going exactly the way. Even you know, Huddersfield picked up some points yesterday. They're still flowing. Coventry have kept the pace. You know, Coventry is still yeah. there. Who I, I would have that. thought they'd have dropped off by now. Right. You know, Stoke are right in the mixer. I think it was it one all last night, Liam. I know we will we'll touch on Stoke in the minute. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, but how, yes. St- how Stoke didn't win that game? Looking at the highlights, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Preston yeah. scored a free kick, and their keeper made about three worldies. Um, yeah, I, I, I could not believe that. It's a great league. The championship—it's yeah. it's known as the best league in the world for a reason, the toughest league, league in the world for a reason. And you just look at all the teams that are consistently picking up points. You know, even Huddersfield beat Blackburn, but Blackburn, if they get to win the weekend, they're still in the mix. Carve, Stoke, Fulham, Bournemouth, Albion. It, 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 it really can go any way this year. But what Albion are doing and what you'd imagine Bournemouth will do tonight, you'd imagine, um, are they're setting, they're setting the pace, they're setting, they're setting the stall out. They're going, come and catch us if you want. Yeah. You know, we're going to grind out results. We're going to get, we're going to go one nil behind after 40 seconds. We're still winning the game two on in the last minute. We are going to pace the teams that are struggling, you know, um, and that and, and that, is, that is ultimately going to get you up. Listen, long way to go, but but what a start, Absolutely. what a start. No, you know what I mean? Can't, yeah. can't, can't, can't have any complaints. Absolutely. And I think at this stage of the season, it doesn't matter if you're unbeaten, if you've won every game. Um, if you're sitting in the top six at this stage of the season, you are doing something right. And that's where you want to be. And we have a six point cushion um, on Huddersfield in seventh. So, yeah. All, all is well at the Hawthorns. 
but as you say, JB, long, long way to go. Um, JB, shall we loop back to the trivia before we... Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, Liam, have you got any thoughts? I genuinely... So the only two that keep coming into my head are both still playing. It's the two holding mids at, at Liverpool and City. I can't... I genuinely cannot. I think it's one of those where I think if I get the team, I think it'll come to me like that. Yeah. Well, um, I see if Keys gets it. If yeah. he doesn't get it, I'll give you the team and then we'll go okay. from there. Um, I don't think I am going to get this. So... Okay, so I'm going to give you a clue. The last clue, I'm going to say the team. I think you'll both get it when I say it, okay? So, he played for Chelsea. See, I've had Chelsea in my mind the whole time, and that's not really helped. Um, and I think you were both in the Prem around his sort of era. I'm, I'm 90% okay. sure. Um, Stoke would have 100% been in the and yeah, you both would have been well, we, we were in the at the same time, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, 100. You were both. You, so you both probably watched him live. Oh god! Oh, <laughs> Oscar, Oscar, yeah. Oh, what a baller! What a baller! Oscar. Oh, that's yeah. a great. I, I, I think is he is he in China or something? So yeah, I yeah, he went yeah, to yeah. Yeah, I knew he's somewhere out yeah. there earning can about you, uh, Can you read the full list back to us? Because there's some ballers yeah, so, in there. Yeah, so Firmino, number one, 67 goals. Gabriel Jesus, number two, 52 goals. Coutinho, number three, 41 goals. Uh, Richarlison, four, 39 goals. Willian, 38 goals. Janino, 20. Can't read my right. I think that's 29 goals. And then Os. Then Oscar, 21 goals. I thought he got more than that. But yeah, 21. He got a lot of yeah. Champions League goals for Chelsea, didn't he? he yeah, yeah, yeah. Points for them. He was one of those sort of mm-hmm. players. Um, yeah. Fantastic question, JB. Really, really enjoyed that one. Um, Cheers, buddy. Let's uh, loop back to Wolves then. So Wolves play Newcastle this weekend. JB, is it a Saturday kickoff? I... Yes, yeah, Saturday yeah, kickoff, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah, old school. Back nice, to the 90s, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all, all good, pal. Get me five stick on the go and what have you. Yeah. Um... <laughs> you <see this> one <laughs> going? Oh, funny one. We haven't... I don't think we've lost the Newcastle for a while, to be fair. We've always seemed to have ground out a draw against them. And I think we, I think we beat them the first season back up in the Prem. I think Doc... Was it Doc or Johnny got the winner? No, Johnny got the equaliser a couple of years ago and then Doc got the winner the one year. Um, tough game. Listen, Newcastle are, are languishing a little bit. You know, they haven't had a great start, but they've got dangerous players. You know, they've got some good players. They're always, they're always sharp on, on, on the counter, um, you know, and, and what have you. But I think, I've, 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 you know, we're at home. We've coming off the back of a good three points. You know, the squad's looking okay. Again, obviously, Moscow got his injury the other week, but, you know, Aitnor is back this week as well. He had to, he had to sit out the Southampton game because he had concussion um, against them, but he's back as well. So, and the thing was as well, against Southampton, the, the, the team he selected raised a few eyebrows to start with. You know, he dropped Neves, dropped Traore, dropped Trinko, um, and yet the players that came in did, did a sterling job. Um, and, and got the three points in the end. So he, 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 he's got fresh legs to come in this shit, this week if he wants to use them. He may stick with the same side. I'm not sure he will. I can't see him not, not playing Neves two games on the chop, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I think we'll have enough. I, th- I think we'll have enough to beat them. Um, and I'm, I think I'm going to go 1-0 again. I think, I think I'm going to go... I think I'm going to get us to sneak, sneak a 1-0. Um, I think we'll have enough to keep them at bay. Again, we look we look pretty solid defensively. Um, Jose Sars playing really, really well. And I think we have we have we have so many good options going forward now. 
Um, even if things aren't quite working with the, with the play to start, we've, we've got decent options off the bench and, and that's something that we haven't had for a while. So providing we can keep those players fit, I think we'll be okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go a sneaky 1-0 um, and I'll take that going into the international break. Yeah, I, I, I want to jump in on Newcastle here. I cannot believe they pick up Premier League points. They continue to confuse me. Uh, Steve Bruce is clearly better than I give him credit for. Sam <laughs> Maximum is clearly good enough to pull a team up by bootstraps and somehow pick up points. But I just cannot see how Newcastle get a result in this game. Uh, yeah, I'm happy I to agree. prove them wrong again by Newcastle uh, because I thought we would take some points off them last season. And they, I think they won both games last season. I'm trying to erase last season from my mind. Uh, but I expect Wolves to win. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I expect Wolves to win this one. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Wolves win. Uh, and Liam, how do you see the Wolves-Newcastle game going? Um, yeah, kind of. I, I agree with both of you. To be honest, I think I can't. I can't see Newcastle picking up a win. I think Wolves at home after a win. I think Molyneux will be rocking. Um, I think defensively, Newcastle are a lot less sound than Southampton are. So I can actually see New, um, Wolves picking them apart a bit. And then obviously, if Troy is coming on off the bench for the last twenty against tired legs, I think it's only going one way. And I think they'll. I think they'll break through again. So I'm, I'm going. I'm going more optimistic with a two 0 Take that, take that sunshine. Yeah, and then into the international break, as you say, JB. But then there's after that, there's only one more until uh, March, I think. So we're nearly there. We're nearly through nearly the there. early season. Yeah. Break. <laughs> um, Awful. Unless you've got anything else to add on Wolves Newcastle, we can get into no, Albion no. and Stoke. JB? Yeah, boys. I've been really looking forward to this, 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 this section of the pod, actually, because... You know, like I said, I've got a lot of Stoke mates. I lived up in Stoke for, for three years, played football up there. So I've got a lot of mates up there. There's a, there's a number of Stoke fans in the sort of kind of Kenton area as well, you know, which, which is great. Liam being one of them, and obviously with, with, with Keith being an Albion fan. Obviously, I'm going to let you guys sort of dig in to the fact, do what you need to do. But the first question I want to ask you both is, do you see Albion Stoke as a rivalry? Do you see it as, as, as something more than, you know, if you were playing you know, whoever else. Is it a rivalry in your eyes? Now, they're, they're two different questions. So, Liam, as the guest, I'm going to let you kick off and answer the first question. Is it a rivalry? Um, Yeah, I, I see it as a rivalry based on performance. On, uh, and what I mean by that is Stoke and West Brom are usually, if you, if you see where Stoke are in the league, normally West Brom are either in the same league and if they are, they're normally in and amongst them. So, for instance, this season in the Championship, um, you know, we're both up there. When we've both been in the Premier League, we've both been tipped for relegation at the start of the season and then the season's unfolded itself. Um, and then, obviously, there's that that localness for us as well. Um, obviously, we don't have uh, Port Vale anywhere near us at the moment. So, it's one of those where the next best thing is to start to picking up the West Midlands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just have to have a go at the Port Vale fans there. Uh, but I, I actually agree. Liam, uh, so we are a club who are spoiled for uh, choice with rivals. Maybe, maybe we're just very unlikable, or maybe it's geography. Um, but we're in a we're in an area of the country where there are some very old, famous, well supported football clubs with um, with very passionate fan bases. Stoke aren't, you know, North Staffs apart from Vale, and then you're looking into Cheshire. Stoke don't have that luxury. 
So I don't want to be all, yeah, we're massive, it's a rivalry for you, it doesn't matter to us, um, because that just isn't true. But Stoke, we have bigger fight, bigger fires to fight than Stoke. However, is it a rivalry? Yeah, because JB, the way you worded that question, is it just like playing someone else or is it something more than that? It's definitely something more than that. I looked at this, and I look every time we're in the same league as Stoke, when are we playing Stoke? Um, yeah, you, do you as well as a Wolves fan, JB? Absolutely. Even go, before, yeah. e even before Lifting Stoke had anything to do with Stoke, like it, it's one of those games where you know I can still remember the Ricardo Fuller game where, where he came on and he'd been he'd been on the Raz in Jamaica for like a week beforehand and Tony Pierce refused to play him and then he made him put him on the bench. He come on like half soaked and bleeding ran rings around us. You know, <laughs> Wolves Stoke. There's been some right tasty games, Wolves Stoke. Yeah. I, I think Stoke do hold that. It, for us, it is location with them because they're just up the road, you know, a couple of yeah. teams BM6 sort of thing. But I think even teams outside of, of the area, I think when you face Stoke, it, it's tasty. You know, Victoria Park, the old rat one in the town, you know, I know Stoke really well from living there. And I can imagine back in the day going through them Terry Streets or whatever, it was pretty tasty sort of thing, you know. And, and Stoke have got that sort of rep. But it is, you know, it's always a big game when you face Stoke. And I, as a Wolves fan, whenever we're in the same league as Stoke, always looked out for it, always. Yeah, So, and obviously there's the can you do it on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. Yeah. So, on. Um, so yeah, maybe it is more than just another fixture uh, for a lot of clubs. It's probably a good point, JB. Uh, but I think a lot of it with Albion, obviously you've got the locality, as you said earlier. A lot of it with Albion is... We, we registered two league wins from 1989 until 2011 against Stoke. Um, and obviously, and that, in fact, I think it's one league win in that time. I think 1989 and then 2012. I think we had we won in 2003. We won in 2012. They're, they're the only wins we had in like a 23-year period. Um, so I went all of my... Uh, primary school days well into my high school days before uh, we ever beat Stoke it's been a bit different in recent years but I've got to be honest it really really annoyed me the way that we would never beat Stoke and they sang West Brom we always beat West Brom um, yeah. and it it really became this we cannot beat Stoke kind of thing um, obviously that tide has turned a little bit but I still see it as a massive fixture for, for Albion and, and for Stoke. So, I yeah, for, for me, it is a rivalry. Liam, do you want to just have the last word on this before we move on? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm totally in agreement. So I was going to say that a lot of the a lot of the rivalry comes from the, the bragging rights of we always beat West Brom. Um, I remember us playing away, I think it was our first or second season in the Prem uh, back in 08-09. And you, uh, we wore a yellow kit. And we were playing away at the Hawthorns and we were beating you, I think it was two or three at the time. And we started chanting, it's just like watching Brazil, um, based on the <laughs> fact that Albion were known then as a, a quite a possession-based team and we were yeah. known as obviously a long-throwing uh, Route 1 type team. So uh, it's the little things like that really that come into play, I think, um, with that, uh, Stoke, and, Stoke and Albion. Um, and it was actually Tony Pulis that was a turning point as soon as he left Stoke. Um, and I think it was actually at Albion when he got his... Albion's first win in a very long time as well. Then, yeah, we uh, we we got one win in 2012, I think, and then when Pulis came in, it was just wholesale change because Pulis famously did not lose to his former employers ever. 
No matter who yeah. was playing, whether that was Palace, whether it was Stoke, no matter who it was, Pulis always got the points when he played a former employer. And that kind of alleviated that hoodoo that Stoke held for a very, very long time over the Albion. Um, so, yeah, for me, it, it's a rivalry. You couldn't ever call it a derby, obviously, but it is something that I look out for every season. Um, Liam, I just want to, while, while you're on, because obviously we... we we like to champion Midlands football on this podcast, but Stoke don't get a lot of airtime. So looking at it on paper, it seems like it's been a really, really positive start um, for Stoke. What do you make to the first uh, 10 games of the season? Um, yeah, I think it's been solid. Um, I'm one of those fans that's quite optimistic where I've, I've felt ever since we came down from the Premier League, we've got the squad, we've got the players, it's just getting them to tick. Um, I think we've gone through a couple of managers now. Um, O'Neill was the best one we've that was out there by a country mile. Um, I'd, 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 I'd even argue probably the best in the in the championship. Um, and I think what we've got now in front of us is we've got a young t- a young team. We've got a quick team. We've got a bit of pace about us now. Um, and, and more importantly, we've got a system and, and almost like a feel-good factor. Um, I think the yeah. recruitment we've made, especially this season, has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, signing... Not only like fringe Premier League players like you know the Sawyers who's got that experience uh, from yourselves on loan and uh, Sam Surridge who got prom- uh, was up yep. there with with Bournemouth, um, but we're also signing people like Ben Wilmot who got promoted last year with Watford, um, Vrancic on a free, um, who obviously was there doing it with Norwich, um, and I feel like it's the it's the balance of the experience and the players there, but also the youth and and trusting what we've got in players like. Obviously, Nick Powell, who's done it for a few years now in the Championship. What a head last night, by the way. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> he's got he's got three goals in a week. He's played three games now. He played in the League Cup and, and the two league games since. And he's got three and three. He's a big player to have back. Um, but yeah, we've got Tyrese Campbell uh, coming back from injury. Josh Tymon, who we've had for a few years now, who's a youngster. Harry Souter. Um, and I think now we've found that balance and we've got good uh, rotation and options as well to, to deal with the fixture this. So... Yeah, I think it's been a good season on being at home so far. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what about uh, your prospects for the season? Are we thinking top six, top two push? Um, anything lower than that? Yeah, so we actually, I actually have um, a thing at the start of the season with my mates where we kind of predict where we think each of our teams will come. Um, I actually had us as fifth um, at the start of the season before a ball was kicked. Um, and then I think, obviously, um, as the season's gone on, it's kind of I can kind of sit there and, and feel like, you know, we're heading in the right direction. Uh, but the most important thing for us this season is we've had the best start, I think it was, in about 20-something years. Um, and I think if we can push on now from that and, and use that as momentum, uh, it'll be a very good, a good, interesting season for us. Absolutely. And I, even though we like we, we say is it a rivalry, I wish Stoke well. I'd love to see Stoke uh, pushing us. Uh, and I'd love to see Coventry pushing us and Blues as well. Any Midlands clubs, I love to see them doing well because it makes it far more interesting. Um, so I do wish Stoke well for the season. I do not wish Stoke well for Friday evening though, Liam. Um, how do you see that one? Oh, before we talk about that, I have to mention Remain Sawyers. You briefly mentioned Remain Sawyers. Before we get into Friday night and how we see that going, um, Remain Sawyers is one of the most naturally gifted, intelligent um unique footballers I have ever seen at the Albion. I think he's a fantastic footballer and the way he was hounded out of the club by a certain section of fans was a massive shame in my eyes. Um, I think he's far, far, far too good for the championship 
and didn't work in the Premier League playing as a holding midfielder, but I think he has a future at that level personally, um, or I think he could have a future at that level um, if the right team came along. What are your impressions of Romain Sawyers, our, our loney, who I presume will be cup-tied on Friday? Yeah, no, I think I think I second what you've just said, to be honest. Um, I've, I've paid attention to him probably since his Brentford days because I, I believe he was further up the pitch when he first started. Or He was a number, 10, was number 10 at Warsaw. He was number 10 when he first went to Brentford and, and uh, Dean Smith moved him backwards to, to an eight and then he became a six under Billich, which was fine in the Championship, but he struggled in the Premier League. Yeah, um, and I think it's one of those where I think I can understand why fans do get frustrated with him in the sense of the way he sometimes carries himself on the pitch. He's almost like we had it with Arnautovic, where it's kind of like that fans know that he's the star player, he's got the ability, yeah. um, but sometimes because they don't run as much as, you know, a Joe Allen, for instance, it looks like they're not bothered yeah. or the heart's not in it. And, and it's actually quite the opposite. Sometimes it's they're that good that their positioning is normally, you know, extremely well and you know I'm not going to compare him to the likes of Messi in, in terms of ability but there's times where Messi's walking around the pitch but he's reading the game yeah. um, and I think that's why Sawyers does a lot as well um, you see him do that on and, on and off the ball um, and I think yeah he's, he's definitely one of our best players by, by a country mile um, he's, he's brought a different dynamic to our team um, completely um, and he's one of those to be honest where you know come the, come the end of his, uh, his loan period I'd like to see permanently to be honest yeah, and I think uh, it probably will be a permanent move. I think the not so the bridge is burned at Albion because he's a very popular player at the club um, in in the eyes of a lot of people. But I, I don't see a route back into the first team with the current uh, brand of football that we're playing. It doesn't really suit Remain and his style of play. Uh, but I I think Remain Sawyer's very briefly lived uh, a dream of a lot of Albion fans. Got promoted to the Premier League. Uh, turned out in an Albion kit in the Premier League. What more could you want? Uh, and I think a lot of people are maybe a little bit jealous uh, of that and thought that he wasn't putting in the effort that was maybe becoming of someone who was living this dream that a lot of you know football fans have playing for their club in the in the Premier League and getting promoted. But as you said, Liam, I don't think that was uh, the case at all. I just think he has a very laid back style that doesn't translate well to. Um, needing to put in the hard yards defensively. Um, uh, one thing that I always loved about Romain Sawyers is his mum texts him before every game and says, street football always. And I love that. And you can see that he is playing street football um, on an 11-a-side pitch and he's playing that in the Premier League or now in the Championship. And I think that is a really uh, a really telling uh, bit of info on Romain Sawyers. So yeah, just I had to mention Romain because uh, I think he he's a really really good ambassador for Albion, even if he's currently away on loan. Um, but yeah, let's loop back to the main event Friday evening. Um, as I was saying, don't wish you well for Friday evening, even if I wish you well for the season, Liam. Um, how do you see Friday evening going? Um, well, funny enough, when uh, when the the game finished last night against Preston. I saw obviously the results, um, and it was one of those where I sat down and thought, okay, well, I expected a win. I didn't expect it to be that convincing for yourselves um, with with the goal difference that you gave. But I was also sitting there thinking, well, hopefully they burnt themselves out now for Friday. Um, it's one of those where again at home, like I said, we're unbeaten so far. Um, we've played some half decent opposition as well. We've come against the likes of Huddersfield, who are up there. Forest, who you know traditionally a, a big football league club. 
Um, Reading at the start of the season as well. Um, and then obviously Barnsley had a good season under a different manager. So I think at home, I, I always back Stoke at home. I think it's one of those where, you know, nine times out of ten at, at home, under the under Tony Pierce or Mark Hughes or even them, I'd play near, I'd back us to beat most teams in our league. Um, so the, the optimistic side of me sees it as a home win. A uh, very narrow one at that. Um, but, um, you know, my head's sitting here saying it's going to be a, a, a close 1-1 draw probably. Yeah, I, I think it, it might be a, a tight game. I think Michael O'Neill is a very astute tactician. You you said earlier you think he might be the best manager in the league. He's certainly in that conversation, 100%. Um, and I think that he will look at what um, Preston managed to do. He'll look at what Millwall managed to do. And he'll look at... Um, I can't remember the third game where we... Oh, and Peterborough as well, even though we won the Peterborough game. Oh. There's a few teams who have really managed to frustrate Albion with um, with some really resolute defending and they basically just give Albion the ball and say, there you go, try that. Um, so this will be a test. Have, Al have Albion worked out a plan B or did they just get, you know, or did they just come off slightly better in tight games against Cardiff and against QPR? Because it... It's going to be really important. Can we crack a plan B? And this game against worthy opposition, someone in the top six, someone with promotion ambitions, under a very good manager, with a very good squad, um, sold out away end, under the lights, Friday night. This is a proper championship test. JB, you allude to this about it being the best um, league in the world. So many challenges. You, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And like, this is exactly what we're talking about when we say about... Um, season-defining games. You know, you've always got to go again in the championship. And I think yeah. Friday night, third game in a week, um, that is going to be uh, an absolute championship cracker in my eyes. Yeah. JB, as, as the neutral in this conversation, um, how do you see it going? I can't wait. I really can't. I'm really excited for it. I'm, I'm probably more excited about this game than I am the Wolves game, which is a mental <laughs> thing to say. But I, I, I said to you, know, I, th I, think, I think there's something about Friday night games. I don't know, you finish work, it's under the lights, you know, a few beers after a tough week at work, your team's playing, it's magic. Um, and obviously, with, with knowing a load of Albin and Stoke fans, it, it's really going to be a brilliant game for us as a neutral. Um, I genuinely think, you kind of touched on it then, Kieran, I think this game is defining in terms of, I think if a team, I'm leaning towards Albion here, if a team wins this game, I think that basically says, we're, we're in it we're in it to win it here sort of thing I think yeah. if Albion come away with a win I think if Albion get to Stoke Friday night under the lights full house Sky Sports and they go and do a number on Stoke I think I think that pretty much says to me Albion you, you, you're you there or thereabouts likewise I think if Stoke can do a number yeah. out tactic uh, Ishmael do it in front of their own fans if you beat Albion are you within a, a point or two um, maybe I'll, I'll give or take. It's very, it'll be very um, close. I think they might be, be very, very, very close, wouldn't uh, it? I'd imagine. Stoke win, there'll be a point behind. Uh, with yeah. a slightly less goal difference. Yeah, so, you know, you, you, and all of a sudden, bang! Stoke, Stoke, set, setting the marker out. Yeah. Um, it's poised to be a tremendous game. I really hope it's not a nil nil, but I just can't see it. I can't <laughs> see it. Um, I'd really love to stick, stick my neck on the line and, and go one way or the other. But I think it's going to be a corker, um, and I think I think you'll just sort of act, I think you'll just match each other. So I'm, I'm going to go two all. I'm going to go two all. Interesting. I think it would be a statement win for for Stoke if they could be the first team to beat Albion, and as we say, yeah. 
riding out in the lights live on Sky, um, it would be a proper statement win for Stoke and it would uh, signal their intent really. And on the other hand, if Albion can keep this run going, uh, pick up another win against um, a team with promotion ambitions, it would be... Um, uh, as big a statement for Albion as it would for Stoke. It's it really, really is um, a game I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm going to go with a two-one Albion win. I think two-one Albion. So Liam, you were two-nil Stoke. No. Was it um, two, two? Yeah, two-one. I'll say two-one. Two-one. You said from the heart. Yeah. Yeah, so 2-1 Stoke from Liam, 2-1 Albion from myself, and 2-all from JB. So tune in on Friday night to see a nil-nil between Stoke <laughs> and West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I hope that the uh, we always beat West Brom hoodoo that Stoke had over us is well and truly gone, and it should be a really, really good game. Um, Liam, thank you so much for coming on this evening. Um Liam, you've just started a podcast of your own with a couple of mates. Do you want to tell uh, the listeners very quickly about your podcast, about what you do? And um, there's three of you fans from football clubs of three different divisions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so it's spot on. Yeah, so it's uh, it's called the Three of a Kind podcast. Um, you'll find us on Twitter at Three of a Kind podcast. Uh, and we're literally three individuals, three lads, all the same age. Um and as you said, we all support different clubs. So I'm a Stoke fan, as you know. Um, there's a Leicester fan in there and a Portsmouth fan. So you, you get in three different divisions worth of conversation. Uh, very different dynamics as well um, in regards to, to how our clubs are getting on and performing. Um, and obviously, some of us are facing Napoli on a Thursday night and some of us are facing Shrewsbury on a Tuesday. So it's a, it's a good dynamic. Uh, we're looking at doing it on a weekly basis. Um and yeah, the first episode we put out on Tuesday. Fantastic. Um, if Man. you didn't quite catch that, you can find them at Three of a Kind Pod on Twitter. Is it Three of a Kind Pod or Three of a Kind Podcast? Three of a Kind Podcast, mate, yeah. Three of a Kind Podcast. I will be listening to that, definitely. I love that. Yeah, 100%. Some of us are playing Shrewsbury, some of us are playing Napoli. I love that. <laughs> it really does cover, well, three tiers of the pyramid. You need to get a League Two fan on as well. Um, JV, is there anything you want to add before we sign off today? No, mate, again, just uh, just, just sort of re responding to what you said. Thanks for coming on, Liam. Pleasure, mate. Uh, been looking forward to coming on and doing a grand job, mate. Did and, not um, disappoint. You can be our resident. Did not disappoint. Okay. That's it, mate. And our I'll resident in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no problem. Thank you for the invite as well, gents. No, you are no very problem, welcome. Mate. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Okay, so thank you to those of you at home for listening this week. Um, if you can give us a rating wherever you get your podcast, that would be much, much appreciated. And don't be shy, get in touch at BCR Pod. Um, and if you're a fan of another club, a neutral like uh, Liam is, like Kirko when we've played Villa in the past, then please, please do get in touch if you want to come on the podcast. We would love to have you on. Um, and once again, shout out to Oslo. Uh, thanks for listening uh, in Scandinavia. Um, JB, Liam, thank you very much. Listeners, thank you very much. This has been the Black Country Ramble. <laughs>